Greetings, Internet listeners. This is Mr. Announcer with The Complacence Podcast. The Complacence originally aired from September 1995 to June 1996, live on WNUR-FM, Evanston, Illinois. This week on The Complacence, Johnny Angelo, now known as the Angelo Zixon Lunchbox Composite, is trying to assimilate Taekwondo and the rest of The Complacence. Meanwhile, members of the Major League Super Crime Busters attempt to use the powers of Chet the Man-God for their own purposes. Plus, there's a special bonus on this podcast. Following the conclusion of the episode presentation, you will hear an exclusive interview with Complacence cast member Carrie Krupp. But for now, the next voice you hear is coming to you from May 11th, 1996. You're listening to WNUR Freeform. Coming up soon is the sketch comedy of The Complacence. You'll like it a lot, I promise. This piece comes out when... And now, The Complacence. Starring The Complacence. Everybody hop inside. Around the world on a magic ride. Big time adventure and fun. Rock and roll music for everyone. Studios complex, one of the members of the complacence is missing. Where's Fig? We need to lay down some auto harp on this track. Yeah, man! Auto harp! It's nice to see you two getting along so well. Yeah, well, when someone from a rival band is suddenly thrust into your band, there's bound to be some negativity at first. But then it all works out in the end. I see Fig off to scout locations for a new video. He's been, he's been a little bit afraid of my voice all week. But isn't today the day the helium should wear off? Yeah, the paint's gone from my throat, so there shouldn't be anything holding the helium there anymore. Well, when's Fig gonna be back? I don't... <coughs> <coughs> I don't know. Ah, he could be gone for hours, days, weeks. Hey, my, my voice is back to normal. My voice is back to normal. It's about time, man. Yeah. Hi, I'm back. What's up? My, my voice is back to normal! Well, that's good news, but what's up with the recording process? Oh, 
It's all done except for Fig's auto harp track. Yeah, you didn't see Fig while you were out, did you? No, why? I sent him out to scout locations for the video. Uh, where did you send him exactly? I didn't, I just sent him out. Hi everyone, we're back from the park. Ah, back from the park. You took Whirlybird to the hey, park? Hey, Mr. Creamsicle, how, how'd you do that? You're not talking to, like, to Fred, but he wasn't talking. But you could understand what he was saying. That was weird. I'm psychic. I've been talking to the Psychic Friends Network. Oh. Hmm. Maybe I could do that, too. So, uh, anyway, you took Whirly Bird to the park. Well, sure, I, I took Whirly Bird to the park. He liked it. I threw this and he brought it back. A uh, hockey puck? Well, it was a frisbee, but he got a little too enthusiastic and burned it to a crisp. Rock! He shoots! He scores! Rock! Uh, I don't know if it's such a good idea to be taking Whirlybird out in public. I mean, he is a kind of a cross between a dragon and a parrot, and he's from another planet. People are bound to get suspicious. Parrot being from another planet, and people are bound to get suspicious. Well, nobody even noticed him. They were too busy watching all the women who were protesting in the nude. Really? Uh, what park was this? Actually, the police came and there was a big bust. I'll bet there was. Maybe more than one. But did you see Fig at this protest? Why would Fig be at the protest? He's not a woman. Uh, at least I don't think he's a woman. No, I sent him out to scout locations for the video. You sent Fig out to scout locations for the video? The one to the song Trip Around the World? Yeah, that video. That means he could be anywhere in the world. But he probably isn't. You know where I bet he is? Quonset Hut Pizza. Well, we can't shoot the video there. There's where we just shot the last four. Someone's bound to notice if we make it five in a row. And we'll use the money we saved on location fees for those four videos to make this one really spectacular. Oh, why don't we go out and look for Fig? Go out and look for Fig? That's a great idea, Fred. Why don't you and Alanis go, and Ridley, Gunner, and I'll stay here and do some mixing. Man, I haven't gotten outside all day, man! Yeah, Creamy, can't we take a break for once? Oh, well, right, you two can go as well. And maybe I'll go too. Ten eyes are better than four. Hey, where, where's everyone going? Why don't you come too, Blindy? We're going out to look for Fig. Twelve eyes are better than ten. I think I'll just stay here and answer the phone. Well, suit yourself. And so, ten eyes drive down 11th Street, keeping a lookout for Fig. Can you keep that dragon's head inside the car? But he likes the wind in his ears. Ah, Fig's gone! Why don't you just blow at him or something, Alanis? Anyone see Fig yet? Not yet. I hate this section of town. The streets are like a maze. Hey, speaking of which, Fred, how'd the interview with Amazing Mazes magazine go? I think it went pretty well. We'll see, though. Jeez, that's one way, too. See if I have a map of the city in the glove compartment. Uh, let's see here. A uh, map showing routes to the 1964 World's Fair, Standard Oil map of Ohio, map of the nation's proposed interstate highway system. Uh, nope, I don't see one in here. If only they still gave out free maps at gas stations. You know, he might not even be in California. You think he left the big city of California? Uh, I think Alanis might be right. But which way did he go? North? South? West? Into the ocean? Figs always seemed like a north kind of person. Yeah, man, let's go north! north all right, north, all right, north, all right! North, we'll north. go north and look for him along the parkway. Uh, anyone know how to get to the parkway? Just follow the signs, man! You can't miss it! Oh, miss it! Oh. Hey, look here, here on the right. There's a funny-looking house. Oh, man, speed up! That's where Taekwondo lives, man! 
You know, that's exactly what I pictured it looking like. Yo, light man, speed through it! I can't! This truck ahead of me is going too slow! We're stopped right in front! They're gonna see me and laugh at me, man! Hide me! We're just stuck on the floor. Too late! They've spotted us. Here they come, running out. You must help us! Yes, we require assistance. Yeah, it's the complacent. I never thought I'd say this without my tongue in cheek, but I'm glad it's the complacence. But where's Ridley? What, do we have to take Ridley everywhere we go? But he provides such scintillating conversation. Why do you guys need help anyway? It's our former member, Johnny Angelo. He's gone completely insane. I knew it would happen sooner or later. It is more than just going insane, however. Is this a long story? Can I pull into your driveway? I'm blocking traffic. Do not bother pulling into our driveway. Yeah, just leave a car there. We thumb our collective nose at those no-stopping, no-standing tow-away zone signs. We keep trying to grow the grass high around them, and the city keeps cutting it. It completely ruins our landscaping plan. So anyway, what did Johnny do? Things were going along just fine with Johnny playing 72 concerts in the last three days, as Taekwondo himself. But then he had some special visitors yesterday... Then he, he assimilated them. You ruined them. the punchline to my story, you idiot. He assimilated them? I knew he had somehow caught a virus in space that gave him the power to transform himself into other things. Apparently, he can assimilate other rock groups as well. It was another rock group that visited? Which one? The group formerly known as Lunchbox. Lunchbox! Lunchbox! Oh, shoot, man! So, you did bring Ridley. But, uh... With a stupid one. Hey, do you want us to... Hey, man. <laughs> do you want us to help or not? Lunchbox is here! Not anymore. They're part of Johnny Angelo now. You said they were assimilated, man! Well, that's what assimilated means. He somehow made them part of himself. And we thought we were next. Can we talk to him? Yes, but I would not get too close if I were you, and I'm glad I'm not. Fred, why don't you go talk to him? Me? Why don't we all go talk to him? Ah! I have an idea. Let's have him assimilate that thing. You can't do that. Yeah, man. He's a part of my family now. My great big complacent family. Just like Gunner and Adrian and Alanis and uh, the stupid one and the, the blind one and the know-it-all. No, no one's going to be assimilated who hasn't already been assimilated. And I don't know it all, just a large percentage. After you, down the hatch. This is an interesting way of getting in and out. You, Johnny, are you in here? Of course he's still in here. We would have seen him go out. He's three times the size he used to be. Couldn't he just transform into an ant or something and crawl out? Rock the cat lose mass. Yeah, bird has got a point there. Whatever he transforms into would have to have the same mass, so he'd be a pretty dense ant. Well, uh, what, what, what room was he last in? At the living room. And there he is. Colin <gasps> Space Czar. Falling space czar. He's huge. Yes, Alanis. Now that I am the Angelo Zixon lunchbox composite composite guy, I am indeed larger in size. That's not Johnny. Rock! Zixon! Rock! You're right, Whirly Bird. Johnny would have made some sort of remark about the size of his equipment after Alanis said he's huge. Couldn't you hear what he said? Zixon. Zixon? Not that guy who was in league with the guards. No, that was that other guy, wasn't it? Or was it? Whose side was that guy on? With the nose? He was one of the guards. 
What in the name of Hedy Lamar are you two talking about anyway? Uh, some of the people we had adventures in our space with. Hey, whatever did happen to Zixon? Uh, we kind of lost track of him right about the time we were thrown into space prison with Siren, and that's it. What's it? Shawnee wasn't infected by a virus. He was infected by Zixon. Rock! No it all! Rock! Then why didn't you tell us? Rock! You didn't ask! Whirlybird, is there anything else you can tell us? Rock! He's talking to Spacer! Now, he was the bad guy, wasn't he? Rock! Bad in the bone! Rock! You don't think Zixon is inhabiting Johnny's body and has assimilated lunchbox as part of a plan by the Space Czar to take over Earth? That's even crazier than that dragon. That dragon is not crazy. His species has the highest natural intelligence in the galaxy. You're kidding. Brock, no sense of humor, Brock. I may have no sense of humor, Willie Bird, but my intelligence is computer enhanced. How's yours? Well, we might not have computer enhanced intelligence, but there are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of us humans, plus one, uh, whatever he is, against only one of you. But you forget, there are actually six of me, now that I've assimilated Johnny and the four members of Lunchbox. Lunchbox! Sorry, man. Force of habit! It's nine against six. I'll take those odds. But they always say, never bet against the hyper-intelligent parasitic cyborg shapeshifter. Soon it will be 15 against zero. What? I will assimilate all opposition, beginning with the greatest threat to me. I'll just extend this pseudopod. Look out, man! Rock! Sticky pseudopod! Rock! Whirly bird, try to fly out of it! Rock! Don't! Song! That's right! Losing battle! <laughs> Looks like the odds are getting to be a little more in my favor. Who's next? How about you? Huh. He pointed straight at you. He did not, man! Sorry, Lizzie. Ah, uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, having you in Taekwondo, because uh, it uh, wasn't, you know. I'm too young to be assimilated, man! You're listening to The Complacents on WNUR. Last week on The Curtain, a mystically empowered Mrs. Edna Hugglebaum went crazy and started attacking the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters, calling for the life of one Curtis Hambones, a.k.a. The Curtain. To rectify this unfortunate situation, the Major League Super Crime Busters threw the curtain before her and ran away with their tails between their legs as Mrs. Hugglebaum skinned them alive. Just kidding, folks. Actually, they cleverly threw a lookalike dummy off the roof of the fortress and then shipped the true curtain out in a laundry van, temporarily relocating him to the City of California branch of the Major League Super Crime Busters. Meanwhile, the quantum mechanic, in the process of trying to accommodate Spacebird, his antimatter companion, accidentally disintegrated the Super American. In order to rectify this even more unfortunate situation, he has taken Super American's particles to the all-powerful Chet the Man-God, who, with his new assistant benevolent girl, formerly of the Major League Super Crime Busters, is granting people favors in an amphitheater in Central Park, if such things exist. Join us, will you not, as we look at this week's episode of The Curtain, already in progress. Great hunk! Geely Kai! Zutalor! I'll be pickled! You are not tickled. I will tickle you. Ouch! That hurts, Spacebird. Put those things away. You have a lot to learn about tickling. No needles! Now you are tickled. Yeah, yeah. Now where was I? Ah, yes, a moment of surprise. Holy cannoli, roast beef, carcinogenic stink, Professor Onion, Ray Bucket, nasty pants of guacamole! You are staring Chet the Man-God right in the face, you blathering fool! How may I assist you? 
You may assist me in every way possible, Mr. Chet the Man God. How do you do? My name is Grant Lincoln, and this here is my lady friend from outer space, and in this baggie here are the remains of my dear, dear departed Uncle Buzz. I shall kill you! Chet? Yes, benevolent girl? I don't think that killing him would be the right thing to do. No, but it's the tasty way to do it! No, it's not. Feel the benevolent vibes. Feel the benevolent vibes. I never realized her benevolent vibes were so enormous. Must turn him into chicken. No. So, what would you like me to do about this situation, Mr. Lincoln? Well, since you ask me so nicely, I was wondering if you could perhaps reintegrate the atoms of my dear Uncle Buzz. It's a sure thing. Why didn't you ask that in the first place? Well, gee, wow, I, uh, Uncle Buzz. Hey, Grat. Nice to see you again. How are your cousins? They're fine, Uncle Buzz. How is Aunt Mamie? Peace me, Grad. She's in hell. Step aside, fools. Let me grant the request of that person who's next in line. That's you, Spacebird. For what shall I ask, Quanti? Ask for him to put the Super American back together. I thought you just asked him that. It did not turn out to work very well. I never liked that Super American very much anyway. He was very stiff. It doesn't matter. Lady Victory is going to have my buffed and oil ass on a platter if I don't show up at the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters with Super American on my arm. I would like for you to make your request now so that I will not have to remove all the blood from your arteries and replace it with fresca. I have no blood. I have no arteries. I would like some fresca. I have no fresca. That was an empty threat. It seems to me that you must be a very disappointed being from outer space if you do not have blood and arteries. Would you like some blood and arteries? Oh, yes, I would, please. No! No, no, no! Fine, here's a chicken. Space bird, do you realize what you've done? Now we'll never get Super American back together again, and Lady Victory will kick my ass. I can't face the rest of the Major League Super Crime Busters now. What are we to do? Oh, to heck with that Super American. What am I to do with this silly chicken? Hey, this silly chicken is a rooster, and a rather attractive one at that. Why, thank you. And what's your name, pretty lady? Next! Um, uh, so, Grant, uh, why do you say we go out and get some burgers? I am a vegetarian. The hell you say? I know this quaint little vegetarian place, the Three Blind Mice Cafe. Vegetarian? I hate vegetarian. In fact, I'm hungry for meat right now! Goodbye, sweet rooster. It's all been worth it. <laughs> you see? Meat. Yum! Now, you don't have to try to convince me that you're a real man. Now, I know that you vegetarians sometimes eat chicken. That was a cow. It looked more like a chicken. It was a chicken cow. A chicken cow! This beast comes out when it's 25 degrees below zero. It can rip your head off. It can fly as high as a bird. It can bite your face. This beast killed as many as 100,000 people. Its wings can flap like a bird. It can break a glass. It can also stab you in the ass. This beast attacked my brother. It stabbed him in the ass while he was in the cold. His hands were frostbitten. His hands were also numb. Well, it's a good thing you ate him, then. Here's the baggie full of Super American. This is not working out very well at all. Meanwhile, in the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters... All right, where is everybody? It's been over a week, and we've seen neither hide nor hair of Super American, Quantum Mechanic, or Space Bird. Perhaps we should call the roll. I make all the decisions in this outfit, Shammy, not you. <clears throat> Let's call the roll. Mr. Sammy! Meow, meow! Minnie Blind! Where on earth is Announcer Man? I think that he went upstate with Announcer Biker Chick for the weekend. 
He told me that he was visiting the world-famous Hall of Announcers. Meow, 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 meow. Well, he didn't tell me squat. How do you like that? Very unbecoming of an announcer, in my opinion. Well, why would anyone stick around here? It's been a slow week. Yes, it was easier than expected to defeat Edna Huggleboom. All we had to do was paint her yellow, dip her in some tartar sauce, glue walrus hair on her face, and scream into her ears until she ran away and turned into a blue pool of liquid. Then, after we froze her and made her into popsicles, it was easy to imprison her in paper wrappers as we awaited her court date. Ah, yes. But then the popsicles were inadvertently eaten by little children, and suddenly we had 19 or 20 little hookabums running around, swearing and swinging axes over their heads. But after we collected them in oversized dumpster and turned them exactly 720 degrees, Edna's essence shook right out of the kids, who all soiled themselves when they were faced with the truly hideous monster that Edna had become. Meow! Meow, meow! Yes, but that was another adventure altogether, furry kitten. Can Curtis come back yet, Lady Victory? I don't think that's such a good idea right now, Debbie. After all, the demons are still sleeping in your quarters upstairs. Oh, that reminds me. Um, I fixed the shower head upstairs. I guess it was shooting out antimatter water. It's a good thing that no one washed in it, or they would have been disintegrated. Meanwhile... And it's a good thing no one else washed in it, because they would have been disintegrated. Next! Already I'm done talking to you! Hello, Chet the Man-God. Well... I'll be, if it isn't Dr. Nightmare, the leader of the Bizarro Gang. How did you know that? My man-god moniker is not a mere nickname, mortal. Well, I was wondering if... Oh, do go on. This is my last chance. Just let me whip up a quick machine out of this transistor radio. Well, your machine do. Watch and learn, space bird. I was wondering if you could reconstruct the particles of Super American. Excellent. Done. Hey. What's going on? Why am I nude? That's not what I was going to ask. What sort of trickery is this? It's the quantum mechanic brand of trickery. You! 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 Yes! You! You! No! You! Me? No, you! Me! Let's get the hell out of here! You'll not get far, you deceitful imp! Let him go, Chet. Feel my benevolence. Chet! Will you grant my real request now? Sure thing, dude. My request is for you to transform Benevolent Girl into Malevolent Girl and for both of you to join my sinister hood of evil villains. I thought you already created Bizarro Benevolent Girl. And you already had a Bizarro gang. I like to have a couple of gigs going at once. It doubles my chances for world conquest. That makes perfect sense. Your wish is granted. I think this is a very good idea, Chet. Why, it's his genuine wish. He really wants it. But it's not benevolent. I don't care about benevolence anymore. I shall now be an angry man-god. Come on, do the rest of it now. Okay, give me a second. I dub you Malevolent Girl, and I give you the powers of malevolence. I take you out of your pretty flowered dress and place you in leather lingerie. Really have the body for leather lingerie. I hereby dub you malevolent woman. Now that's more like it. Meanwhile, on announcer biker chicks hog. I don't see why you have to be secretive, announcer man. I know that the major league super crime busters don't like it when I consort with other announcers, announcer biker chick. Particularly the mysterious shaman announcers who trained me to announce. 
You mean they get jealous? Well, I don't know about that, but they just think that whenever you put two announcers in the same room, something disastrous happens. Well, usually that's true, but this is different. Yes, but they just wouldn't understand. They're so stupid. Yes, they are stupid. Meanwhile, back in the fortress of the Major League Super Crime Busters... I'm back, everyone. Did I miss anything? And look who I have with me. Spacebird and Super American. Well, that's grand, Quantum Mechanic. Absolutely grand. I thought I was taking a shower, but I guess I absentmindedly stumbled naked into Central Park. Yeah, I do that sometimes. I was given a chicken. Sadly, it was eaten. Well, you ate Uncle Buzz. He was delicious, but rather stale and much less filling than the stars and large gaseous planets I am used to devouring. Well, baby, I'll take you out sometime. Oh, no, you won't, quantum mechanic. I just got an emergency message on the two-way doc- on the two-way. Dr. Nightmare and Chet the Mad God have joined forces. They have formally announced their plans to take over the world together. In fact, they have already taken over Eur- Eurasia, Australia, and are invading Kuwait as we speak. Well, that's just horrible. Isn't it, though? Quite horrible. Very maniacal of those two to do that. Pretty predictable, too. Tune in next week when the understaffed and overpaid Major League Super Crime Busters do their damnedest to get the world back under the control of decent, civilized, sub-average, ordinary folk. It'll be an uphill climb, but anything can happen on The Curtain. You're listening to The Complacence on WNUR. Last time we visited Pimples, the pizza attendant, he was knee-deep in caca. That is to say, he'd been damned to hell. Oh, heck! Along with the evil prankster, Kaiser Schistoffel. Yeah, guten Tag. And the Kaiser's crony Blitzkrieg warrior, who seems all too familiar to some of us. I'll say... Say, Blitzkrieg warrior, where's your customary Teutonic banter at 300 decibels? Well, he has made the deaf and dumb by his fortunate and unavoidable predicament to it. Which I'm about to explain. While the rest of humanity believes the trio has been damned to hell, they've actually been sent here. Detroit? This is like something out of a bad 70s comedy thing. Thankless, Kerr. Be grateful to me that I did not open up a portal to Hades or indeed. First, when I opened that portal, that portal into which you pushed me, into which you pushed me. I couldn't let you destroy the closet, could I? The only place that'll hire me with this complexion of mine. I suppose, Vas. Vas is British Someone is coming. Behind. Man, it's great to be alive, black, and fighting crime in this city. Absolutely, friend. And color me proud to be standing next to such a proud man of color. Hey, hold it, amigos. My junkyard sense detects unusually clean, fresh in the vicinity. What's this? Fellow Caucasians. I'll just grab them. I'm sure they won't be intimidated. Ach, un han Schwartz a what? Kaiser, Kaiser, he's crushing my windpipe. These look like badass criminals to me, Junkyard. Should we waste them? Hmm, not just yet, Jiffy Lube. Let us take them back to headquarters and have the group look them over first. Oh, I say, Jiffy Lube, I am sure the point on this helmet was not intended for that. Uh, the smell, the smell, oh, the smell is so dark. But I'm so... I'm so itchy. Later at Detroit Regional Super Crime Busters HQ. <laughs> Let's go back to Detroit Regional Super Crime Busters headquarters anyway. Well, 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 what have we here? 
We kept them hiding behind a dumpster in Lot 17, Mother. We thought we'd defer them to you on what to do with them. I demand explanation. Give me the explanation. What's this one's name? He's kind of cute. I am the Kaiser Schusthofel von Baron, and I will kill you all unless I and slay you if I do not say dead and unless unhand me and then you will be very sorry. That's the Kaiser and they call me Pimples. Hey, do you guys like fight crime? Why, yes we do. We won. Do you like to fight crime? No, I like it better to masturbate. Not surprising. What about you, Pointy? Little crime fighter, are you? Ack! 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 Ook! Poof! Bick! Have this one sedated. And what about you, big, strong, handsome warrior? Oh, this is the Blitzkrieg warrior. He's deaf and dumb, but stronger than ten armies. Really? Well, we certainly could use a few more like him around here. What with the big gang breathing down our necks. Mother, maybe you shouldn't tell them too much. Yes, I concur. They're likely to blab. Right on, colorful buddy. Oh, nonsense, all of you. These are obviously friends in need of aid. Where do you hail from, friendly aid-needers? I'm from California. The city, that is. The Kaiser's from there, too. But before that, he was German. I'm not sure where Blitzkrieg comes from. And why was it my men and women picked you up roaming around Lot 17? I don't know. I see. You don't know why you were there. Well, the Kaiser sent us here with his omniscient powers. Omniscient? But then the passage through the portal took the powers away again, just like it made the other guy deaf and dumb. Fascinating. I wonder if these powers could be restored. I don't know. Mother, the alarm's going off. It's the big gang. And we were just getting acquainted. All right, Buster. You can't come in now. We're chatting. Oh, yeah? Watch me. How I love to watch good guys as they fly across the room. Breaking through fish tanks, knocking over potted plants, and bumping into big Germanic warriors. Hello, large friend. What do you want, big? What I always want, sweetheart. Kissy, kissy. You cur! Hey, doll, don't sweat it. One day when I graduate from owning this town to owning the country that it's in, you'll be kissing my feet, begging for me to beat your brains in just for kicks, like old times. Ain't that right, Cupcake? Yes, dear? Alrighty, so where's the meat market? Right here, these three. Hey, what do you mean, us three? What's going on? No, you, you said that, um, I'm sorry, kid. The pimply rat and the geezer, I no can use. But this guy, what's your beef, buddy? No pun? He can't hear you. He's... Uh oh Um, when Mr. Little wants your blabby mouthy opinion, he'll slice it out of your tummy, ain't monster. Ooh, Mr. Little. Um, I had to touch his face when I hit it, all that acne. Try on someone else, Rudy. So the big guy's deaf and dumb, you say? Well, that don't mean we can't use his ass. Rufus, Stark, Eileen, tie him up. What's with the geezer anyway? He's kind of loopy. Never! You conquer my warrior. Gladys, my dear, do sit down. Fry an egg. We had to sedate him. Be careful. I'm told he has latent omniscience. What's that? Never mind. It sounds contagious. Put this one in a quarantine bubble, Bobble. Blot. And you, Rhett, what do you do? I, uh, I serve pizza. You serve pizza? He serves pizza. 
You hear that, gang? He serves pizza. What do you think? Use him? Pizza King! Pizza King! Pizza King! Ah, hell with it. We'll use them all. Thanks so much, Mother Superior, Your Highness Miss Pris. Always a pleasure. And now I bid you fat thighs. Let's roll! You said we were friends, Mother. You said we could stay. Now you'll sell us to the bad guys? I'll never get back to the Quonset now. Some crying super crime buster you are. Maybe you should take some lessons from your colleague, Lady Victory. You, you, Father. I, I'm sorry, Dimples. You can't even remember my name. Meanwhile, in the shadows nearby. Rufus HQ, Rufus to HQ. I have infiltrated the gang and all is proceeding as planned. We couldn't have asked for better partners in crime or politics, boys. We could not have asked for better... What's going on? Why was there so little comedy in this sketch? Who are these new characters, so unfamiliar and undefined? Where was the general? Can't he rescue pimples? Is it coincidence that these events all transpired so close to Mother's Day? Find out next time when the general says... Well, at least now we know which one of you got my legs and which got your mother's. You're listening to The Complacents on WNUR. As you may remember, several weeks ago on The Curtain, Dr. Patriot took the advice of a talking rat and abandoned late-night infomercial television to join a freak show. We join him now in his dressing room, the electric tension building in the air, as he prepares for his first big freak show display. Talking rat, how do I look? You look a little chunky for a strong man, but it'll do. Well, what do you expect when you make a superhero live off of Chef Boyardee products and no exercise? Nobody made you not exercise. Hmm, you're right. I guess I've just grown lazy. But you did promise me quality sustenance, and all there's been is Chef Boyardee. And it all tastes the same. I know, isn't it amazing? That chef is talented enough to make foods that look completely different, have the exact same taste. It gives us freaks the homogeneity that our lives otherwise lack. Could you help me with this corset? (laughs) Meanwhile, outside of the dressing tent... Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. Come see the strong man. Watch as he breaks the chain only by using the power of his chest. Zampano, Zampano, Zampano. Eggplant girl, the new strong man's name is Dr. Patriot. Get it straight. Hell, I'm trying over here. Change is difficult for eggplants to accept. Step right up. Back inside, corset fastened, Dr. Patriot prepares for the curtain to open. This is it, Rhett. Wish me luck. Whatever. And now, presenting Dr. Patriot, the man with lungs of steel. Dr. Patriot, Dr. Patriot. Yes, I am. Wait a second. There isn't anybody here. I know, but we didn't want to tell you and let you down before your first big show. And I even went through the trouble of putting on this blasted corset. Where is everyone? You promised the people would be here. Uh, uh. Well, it's that man-god fellow. Man-god? Yeah, there's this man-god guy who keeps doing miracles and things for people. He's stealing our business. At this rate, we'll have to start running the performance art circuit. I think Johanny Spieringer is producing a new show. Meanwhile, the Angelo Zixon Lunchbox composite is now the Angelo Zixon Lunchbox Whirlybird Taekwondo composite, having assimilated the four original members of Taekwondo. You know, when I woke up this morning, I thought I might get a start on writing a new song. Maybe do the mono remix of Meg's shirt. I never thought I would be in Taekwondo's house, in their kitchen, hiding from a giant freakish thing from outer space that used to be Johnny Angelo. You can't, Hundle. You can't, you can't. 
You can't huddle under the kitchen table forever. I'll be coming for you in just a few minutes. We're safe for a little while. He has to adjust to his new mass before he can transform into something that can fit through the door. Fred? What are we going to do, Fred? Why do you ask me? I'm a maze designer, not an alien battler. You usually know just what to do, though. Maybe I'd know what to do if I'd ever designed a maze where you, the person working the maze, was in this sort of situation. But no, it's always been, you're late for first period geometry. Can you make it to room 308, avoiding the principal's office so Mr. Burnett can't see you sneaking in late? I know what to do in that situation. Yeah, you use the cafeteria delivery entrance and walk past the newspaper room instead. Yeah, that's right, although I hear they're renovating that wing of the school next year. What if we called in the Major League Super Crime Busters? They helped us before with Swami Salami. What can we call them with? Taekwondo don't don't have a phone. Remember how Ridley was scared of bells? This isn't helping us, Eddie. We need a plan. If only we knew what Johnny Zixon whatever's plan was. To assimilate us, that's what it is. No, his plan to take over the Earth. What if we just asked him to tell us before he assimilated us? They always do that in the movies. Stall for time. Now that sounds like a plan. I guess you don't need me after all, then. I'll be hiding under the sink. Oh, come on, Fred. Let's get up and face him. Together. Hey, Zixon! Hold on. I'll be through the door in a minute, I said. We thought that as long as you're going to assimilate us, what's your plan to take over the Earth involved? Well, why did you need to assimilate Johnny? And Lunchbox. You really want to know? I'll tell you. I'm sure you realize that when Siren put you back on Earth, she didn't send you to the Earth. She brought the Earth to you. Yeah, we noticed when it was all cold and dark in the middle of the afternoon. But then she realized her mistake and put it back to normal. She had nothing to do with the return of the light. My original plan was to take advantage of the confusion and terror of the population to take over the Earth. But then the light and warmth returned thanks to an interloper with godlike powers. What? It's been all over the news. He calls himself Chet the Man God, and he's been in your city of Manhattan in the Central Park for several weeks now. I haven't heard anything about that. So he returned Earth to its proper place? Thankfully, no. We are still within a comfortable distance of the Intergalactic Federation of Empires. The space-sized palace is just a few parsecs down the road, so to speak. Earth would be a great place from which to launch an attack against the Federation. He wants to launch an attack against them, but he's the ruler. Co-ruler with Siren. He doesn't want to share power, so he sent me to prepare for his attack in secret. But how are you going to take over the Earth? It's quite simple. By putting errors in a certain sequence in the digital data on compact disks, I could drive the entire population of Earth to madness. And so you assimilated Johnny so you could use him to put those errors on a complacence album? No. I realized I needed to use a more popular group than the complacence. Popularity isn't everything. It is in this situation. I was just using him as a way to get to Taekwondo. I was just waiting for the perfect opportunity to assimilate them. But then I realized I could assimilate an even more popular group. So I invited his friends from Lunchbox to drop by. But now, thanks to you stumbling upon my goal, I'll be able to release several different compact discs, each targeted to a different segment of the population. We'll have a Taekwondo disc and a Lunchbox disc, and even a disc of music for auto-hop lovers, thanks to you, Fig. Uh, me? I'm not Fig, I'm Adrian Creamsicle. Fig isn't here. This isn't all of the complacence? It's only two of us, plus our manager and his secretary. Well, you've assimilated Johnny already. Where is Fig? Can you take me to him? Uh, the thing is, we're really not sure where he is right now. Sure we are. He's at what we on Earth call the junkyard. Yes? 
How do you know? Because that's where Fig went. Oh, that's right. Fig always goes to the junkyard. I've never seen him go to the junkyard. That's because you're not looking at the right times. Trust us, he goes to the junkyard all the time. I guess so. Where is this junkyard? Can you take me there? That's a ways away, and with your large mass, you'd be better off taking us there. Oh, well, you can just transform into a car and we'll ride inside of you. Not inside meaning assimilated. No, inside meaning inside a car. He can't assimilate us or he'll never know where the junkyard is. That's right. I will take you to the junkyard. However, first I need to transform into something long and skinny so I can get through the hatch to the outside. Once again, out on the streets of the big city of California... It's a good thing we do have Zixon for a car because it looks like mine was towed. That's what you get for parking in a no-stopping zone. But those guys from Taekwondo told me, ah, let's get them to pay the towing charge. The towing charge does not matter. Once we find Fig and I have assimilated all of you, you will need not to worry about such things anymore. Uh, take a left up there at the light. I had a car talk that talked once, but all it said was, Please fasten seatbelts and things like that. No, you have to make a left from the left lane. What lane I make left turns from does not matter. Once we find Fig... Yeah, yeah, after you've assimilated all of us, we will not need to worry about such things anymore. Couldn't you at least have transformed into a car with a steering wheel so someone who knows the traffic laws on this planet could drive? I am the one in command. All right, all right. Uh, Now turn right onto this gravel road. How do you know how to get to the junkyard so well, Fred? Uh, Because I was out here three years ago researching a maze. Oh, and I've been out here with Fig lots of times. That's right. Since you've been here lots of times, you probably would know where he is in relation to all these piles of metal. Uh, I think he should be, let's see, zigzag around these two piles there and go straight to where that crane is holding up that big metal disc. I can't go any farther. I'll back up. Uh, no, don't bother. We'll get out and look for him on foot. Quick, everyone out. Hey, wait a minute. We want to have that car crushed right now. You got it, pal. What the? He's stuck in a transformation. He's half car, half gigantic Johnny Angelo. Can you turn up the juice? Yeah, I guess so, but this is the weirdest car I've ever seen. It's Whirly Bird! I remembered what happened when Fig was playing with his magnet collection near the computer. You can't do this to me! Um, uh, um, uh, He's breaking up! Just like the pain in my throat did with the helium! Fred, you've done it again! The members of Lunchbox. <laughs> and Taekwondo. Couldn't you leave them assimilated? <laughs> and Johnny Angelo. Hey guys, what's going on? How do you feel, Johnny? Like I was first inhabited by, and then became a part of, a parasitic cyborg shapeshifter that was trying to take over the earth. Why? How should I feel? How come nobody asked me how I feel? Because I don't care, that's why. What a terrible way to treat the members of your band. What do you mean the members of my band? You quit the complacence and joined Taekwondo, don't you remember? I joined Taekwondo? What was I thinking? Oh, hey there, baby. Hey there yourself, Johnny. They survived! Lunchbox! Yeah, but we wish you hadn't. Your butt, we're your biggest fans! With fans like you, who needs enemies? Rock! Enemies! Well, Johnny, as far as I'm concerned, you're welcome back in the complacence. 
But I guess we'll ha have to have all new band pictures taken. What for? Don't I look as handsome as ever? But now we're a quintet. That's right, man. It's a pleasure to be working you with you, Mr. Angelo. So you replace me with him? I don't believe it. Well, you're welcome to be the lead singer of Lunchbox, Johnny. I know I'd enjoy it. Yeah, and so would I, but I feel a loyalty to the complacence, even if there is an extra member who used to be a part of Taekwondo. Actually, while you were discussing over there, we were inviting Ridley to rejoin Taekwondo. Yeah, and I accepted, man. They said I could write a song for once. Yes, but we didn't say we'd perform it. Well, as much as I hate to say it, we owe you for saving us from being assimilated. <coughs> but we don't owe you too much, so I won't be placing my nightly 2 a.m. crank call to Creamsicle Studios. So you're the one. Yes. I would have stopped a long time ago if it were not for that stupid one sometimes answering the phone and giving me a big laugh. Speaking of which, everyone's here but Faye. You went out scouting locations for our new video. Well, he could be anywhere. Hey, that's right. He's supposed to be around here somewhere, isn't he? Uh, no. I just said that Fig liked to go to the junkyard in order to lure Zixon to Electromagnet. Hey, what happened to that car I was crushing? It's right here. See if you can crush this. Oh, what was that you just threw into the crusher? As far as I could tell, it was Zixon. Back at Creamsicle Studios. That was Fig on the phone. He said he wants to shoot the video on the boardwalk. Oh, he's at the California beach? No, THE boardwalk. He's in Atlantic City. He's not in a casino, is he? No, he said he was wandering around looking for a place to stay. I suggested a hotel. He said he couldn't find any. Because he's looking for a big red plastic building. Because he's looking for a big red... Hey, how did you know? Did he ask about why the $5 bills are green and not pink? No, but he said the location fee for the boardwalk could be only $500. I guess that ties up all the loose ends. The earth is safe for record consumers again. Fig seems to be doing all right. Johnny's as normal as he was before, and there are no members of Taekwondo in the complacence. But what happened to Whirlybird? Well, that's a good question. Last I saw him, he was the first one de-assimilated from Zixon at the junkyard. Was he in the car on the way back? We didn't have a car on the way back. Oh, 73 Shelby Bag! Oh, oh. That's right, little guy. Where did you get breath that was hot enough to melt steel? Well, it's working a lot better than crushing the cars. Keep it up. But despite all our best efforts, there are still some loose ends out there. Will Ridley be able to forgive Taekwondo for forcing him out? Will Fred get the job with Amazing Mazes magazine? Will the space czar come up with a new plan to take over the Earth? What have happened to that baby that could sing commercial jingles? The answers to some of these questions may be coming up on the next Complacence in about 167 hours from now. Stay tuned for Visit the Planet of, St Planet of Starla, next here on Freeform on 89.3 WNUR-FM, Evanston, Chicago's Sound Experiment. Back now in the present, here's what's actually coming up on the next episode. You will find out what happened to that baby as things are back to normal, or at least as normal as they ever get when it comes to the complacence. And now, stay tuned for a brand new exclusive interview. Take it away, me. Mr. Announcer here with another Complacence cast member interview. I'm speaking with Carrie Krupp, who was Carrie Bowser back in the Complacence days. Carrie, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mr. Announcer? I'm pretty good. <laughs> Actually, let me go through your characters for the audience. 
Um, your main characters were, during the Major League Super Crime Busters segments, you played both Debbie Duncan, a.k.a. Minnie Blinds, who was <laughs> usually described as Curtis Hambone's Lady Love. Um, and you played Lady Victory, the leader of the Major League Super Crime Busters. Oh, Lady Victory. She was a good one. Um, and then you also had a few episode arc where you played Space Siren, which actually just I... came up on the podcast. Ooh, I don't remember that one. That was, um, you know, when the complacents were lost in space in their uh, escape pod. It was a very long, complicated uh, process. All right. Getting to that point. Just take my word for it. Okay. No, I can't wait to listen to myself. <laughs> um, there was also an episode where you played uh, Dr. Nancy, who was, uh, I guess, a facilitator of a group uh, therapy session with the Complacents and their rival band, Taekwondo. I do remember that now that you mention it. Um, and then there was one episode where you filled in for Lucas as Johnny Angelo. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. After they came back from space, we claimed that uh, Johnny Angelo had caught some kind of space flu, which caused him to sound different. <laughs> did I try to do the... Yeah, no, you did. Really? You did a very good job, actually, of <laughs> doing that accent. That's fantastic. Um, and I believe you filled in for Lenina a couple of times playing her big character, Alanis. Ah, uh, yes. Musical's, uh, secretary. Mm-hmm. And then you've also played random female roles whenever we needed another female voice. Yeah, the, the one episode I happened to, I mean, I told you earlier, I had been kind of spot listening, um, kind of skimming through them and um I, I was playing i think like a bass player like a female bass player oh, in that's another right. band I, that's right I, i'm sorry i forgot you also hey played that's okay the, uh, <laughs> the bass player from lunchbox yes 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 taekwondo uh favorite band <laughs> yeah, there's too many characters for me to take to uh i know i got around <laughs> you were a freshman so you were starting on the show when you had you know just gotten to college and just met all these people who were on the show with you and we were mostly juniors and seniors uh do you remember how you got involved with the show in the first place you know i don't remember the exact way um but i know that it was probably either lucas or jeremy who asked us to do it um I did it with Lenina, who was a good friend of mine, Lenina Allray, who's now Lenina Garnhart. Um, and I think they just needed some girls, to be honest with you. And we, our suite was right next to them. And they pulled us in. And I had never seen anything like that or been in anything like that. I mean, I had done um, a good bit of theater in high school and whatever, but had never done anything that was... Basically, you were being handed a script, um, you know, minutes before you had to read it cold. And uh, 
it was pretty cool. I mean, it was it was a challenge, but I mean, I still I have these vivid memories of, you know, it being what like one forty five in the morning as we're getting ready to walk over to the station for the show, and like those guys were still printing out the script, <laughs> sometimes still like writing it. <laughs> yes. So we had we had no idea you know, what what characters we were going to be playing that evening, what we were going to be saying. So that was always kind of cool. I kind of feel like um, at times it was kind of like a boys club because it was, you know, the us men were writing the episodes for the most part. I mean, did you wish that you had written more for the show? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could see how you'd say that it being a boys club, but I honestly felt like, um, I was kind of along for the ride. Um, you know, you guys had known each other for a lot longer than I had known you and, um, you guys created this thing and dreamed it up. And so, um, I was honestly just happy to come in and, and do a little acting, you know, every week. That was fun. Um, I've never considered myself, I mean, obviously now I write for a living, but um, I've never written scripts or anything of that nature, so don't even know that I could do it. <laughs> so I'm happy to have you guys do that. <laughs> Are there any like specific uh, incidents, uh, sketches that happened during the show that you remember as being particularly uh, funny or anything like that? Well, I mean, I don't know why. Well, I can assume why I remember this because it's so ridiculously insane and nuts. But the one plot line I loved was when um, Adrian Creamsicle. Now, what was it? He he had his head sewn onto the body of a hot lady. Is that yes. correct? Uh, yeah. Yes. Accidentally, because he had had his head cut off while he was dressed as a chicken. Right, of course. I hate when that yes. happens. And so I actually really was amused by that. Um, and actually, I was really amused by Vince, like as Adrian Creamsicle in general. So um, having him deal with that was pretty funny. Um, and also, just in listening back to stuff recently, Lucas just always cracked me up as Johnny Angelo. It didn't really matter what he was saying. <laughs> it was just the voice was just... It was it was good. It was pretty dead on. So what have you been up to since uh, the complacence went off the air? After I left the complacence, um, you know, I was still at Northwestern for another three years, but didn't really do any more radio. Um, uh, and then when I graduated, I got married and um, lived in Raleigh. North Carolina for a while, worked at uh, Duke University doing publications and such. And um, then my husband and I moved to Atlanta and we lived there for about five years. And I was again working for Georgia State University, so another university publications job, doing alumni um, magazines and, and that kind of thing. And um, then after about five years of that, um, I started uh, freelancing for Netflix because a friend of mine from Northwestern actually um, it was the content manager at Netflix. And so um, I began writing those little blurbs that are on the site that end up on the envelopes. I don't know if you get Netflix or not, but 
so I write some of those and um, I went full time doing that um, about three years ago and um, during that time when I was uh, writing for them full time we moved to Champaign, Illinois um, again for my husband's job but I was able to kind of do what I was doing and not switch jobs for me which was great and um, since I've been here and since I work from home I have so much more free time that I actually got back into a lot of local theater again um, so that's kind of complacence related in that uh, you know I'm I'm reading scripts it's just this time I get to study them for a little bit before I have to create a character <laughs> other than it being just like handed into my my face but um, yeah I've done a couple different shows um, here and right now I'm in a production of Tommy um, the Who's Tommy and I'm singing the role of the Acid Queen. So, um, yeah, so I still get to act now, and it's fun. I'll bet it is. Thanks again to Carrie Krupp for granting that exclusive interview. Until next time, this has been the Complacence Podcast. This is Mr. Announcer speaking.